0: Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at My Church. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. Welcome, everybody. We're so glad that you are here today. You can go ahead and have a seat. Uh, Just don't take it with you. I know that's a probably lame joke, dad joke, whatever. I don't think you can take them with you anyway. They're bolted to the ground. So we're so glad that you are here today. I'm Pastor Gabe. Uh, If you are watching or joining us here for the first time, I want to welcome you again here to Emmanuel Church. Uh, We are... um, Missing some of our regulars and our team and others today because they are celebrating our uh, graduation of North Shore Senior high School today, and so we 're rooting on the graduates. I know that they 're probably already off of the stage and everything, but we love them, we miss them, and we 're praying for them, and for what God has in store for them we 're so glad one more time that we are here today, and i 'm here to bring you the message in our the the closing message of our series searching. For truth, now I, I've had a good time with this series. I have enjoyed being able to uh, share with you uh, what I have learned along this journey of myself searching for truth. Because I think it's something that we're all looking for and we're all trying to figure out in this world. And really, it is a journey that we're walking on together, as as we are here together to be able to go on this quest to discover truth. And today, the title of my message is Living in Truth. We've discussed a lot of different things when it comes to truth. We've discussed the foundation and source of truth that is Jesus, that he told us he is the way, the truth, and the life. So our source for truth starts In Jesus, we've confronted and talked about the lies we believe about God and the lies we believe about ourselves. And last week we talked about how can we recognize truth in a world that is constantly yelling at us, telling us this is what we should believe. So today, living in truth is about walking out that truth. What does it look like now that we've discussed and we've learned how to recognize truth and who is truth in our lives and what we should believe? How do we live out truth in our lives? How do we walk it out? How do we make it part of ourselves? I think about it in in the way that, you know, if you discover a TV show or, you know, for me, it's a TV show. If you're a sports fan, I'm not a big fan of sports. Go local sports team, all the Houston ones. Um, I don't even know anything that's going on with the teams. People ask me, did you watch the game? No, I I don't. I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, if they're winning... Good, good for them. Good for the Texans. Well, they never win. Uh, good for the Astros and Brockets and others. Sometimes they win. I don't know. They're not that great. We still love them. Local sports team. Go. But, you know, for, for those who are into sports, when you, when you find a team that you identify with or you like the players and the athletes, you, you tend to make that part of your identity. You get uh, you get the you get the the clothes. You wear their clothes. You wear the jerseys. You wear the stickers on your car, or or in your jewelry, or any you know, wherever you you find a way to make it part of who you are, because that is your team, you know. And when they win, you win. You say we won. It's, it's part of your identity. For me, it's it's TV shows. I, I'm not into sports too much, but if I find a TV show that I like or, or a book series or something like that that I like, it, it becomes part of my identity. I start identifying with the characters, and sometimes I even pick up traits that they have. And, and it's a whole psychological thing I've, I've, I've looked into it before you start trying to act like your favorite characters in TV shows and other things like that. And for me, that, that's part of me. For anybody that knows me, one of my favorite TV shows— if not of all time, is Doctor Who. And if you've never seen Doctor Who, you should watch it. Anyway, uh, commercial aside, I, I buy the merchandise. I wear clothes that talk about Doctor Who. I, I talk about Doctor Who a lot, and we get excited about the things that we love, like sports teams or TV shows or our people or hobbies or our whatever it might be. It becomes part of who we are. We live that out as part of who we are. So when it comes to truth, we have the same thing, that we have the same object in that. To now make truth a part of how we live. How do we make Jesus part of our life? How do we live out that following of Jesus? How, how is that part of who we are? And there's a lot of, Ways and a lot of things I could tell you and inv- advice I could give you. I could talk about the basics. You know, we talk about the basics of faith all of the time because they're important. Prayer, reading the Bible, coming together with fellow believers and worshiping and fellowshipping and having a good time with each other and listening to the Word of God and reading the Word of God. And these are all important things. And, and there are they are ways to internalize what are what is important. About truth. What is important about living out truth in our lives? But today I want to focus on three particular uh, core ways that we can live out truth in our lives. And they all lead to the last one. There's three, and that I'm gonna share with you today, and I don't have a fancy acronym. Sometimes preachers they have a fancy acronym like faith in the F-A-I-T-A. I don't got that today. But I do have three things to share with you and three passages in scripture that we're going to look at that identify with these three. And the first of these, how do we live out truth in our lives is we are called to be holy. Now that word has a lot of unpacking in it because sometimes it has a very negative connotation depending on your experience in life. Holiness can have a negative connotation. It, com- it can come with legalism. It can come with being forced into living a certain way or forced into being, you know, shamed into living a certain way in your life, and your faith, because you are required to do that because you are a Christian. And holiness can have that negative connotation. Or maybe we see it a good way, but we need to understand what... Holiness is if we are to make it part of our truth. If we are to make it part of how we live out our faith. Holiness, if we look at the root of the word, to be holy simply means at a start to be set apart. To be separated. The Bible tells us that God is holy. Holy. So if we understand that God is holy, that's where we start. God is holy. That means he is set apart. He is different than this world that we live in. He is separate from this world that we live in. He is unlike it. We talked about that in the lives we believe about God, that message. And if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. We, we talked about how He isn't like us. He, he doesn't lie. He doesn't conform to human standards. He is different than us. He is smarter than us. He knows more than us. He sees the bigger picture. He has more control, more power than us. And so He is holy. He is separated from the universe that He created. Because He created the universe and He holds it in His hands. He looks at it. Time does not, you know, and and that's what frustrates us sometimes about God, that he is different than than us. Because we always think that God is late. No, he's not late. He's just on time. He's on his time. Because time is irrelevant. You ever sit in a room and you just suddenly lose track of time? All time just goes away. I don't know. You could do anything. You could be playing games. You could be reading. You could be, uh, you know, on your phone. And just suddenly it's four hours later. And it was like, this was supposed to be five minutes. And we get frustrated with God because time like that is just different for him than it is for us. Time is different than us. That to Timing and life and everything, everything that happens for us, is a, it seems long and drawn out, but it happens to him in the blink of an eye. God is holy. He is different. He is set apart. Yet, he is also perfect. And yet, the Bible then calls us to be holy because God is holy. So what does that mean? And I think we get it wrong sometimes because we get we, we take that and we think it means that we must then be perfect. We have to be perfect. We have to be, we have to get it right. We have to get it all right the first time around. And if we don't, we're just less than. We're worthless. We have to be perfect. But that's not what being holy for a believer means. To be holy for us doesn't mean that we have to be perfect because God knows that we are not perfect. And if you are, we need to pray for you right now. Uh, because I, you, you are completely misunderstanding your situation. <laughs> We're not perfect. We make mistakes, we get it wrong. And God is not asking us to be perfect, to get it right all the time, to not sin completely, to, to, to draw out and to be separated completely from this world. He doesn't want us to be simply like that. He doesn't want us to be perfect, but He wants us to be different. He wants us to be set apart, to be dedicated to who He, to living out who He is. That's what starts. That's where it starts, living out truth. It starts with being holy. That doesn't mean we have to be perfect. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, the Apostle Paul writes about how we are called to mirror Jesus in our lives. We're We're called to be like him. And yet he tells us that I have, I'm not there yet. Even the Apostle Paul who wrote us so much uh, of the New Testament that we oftentimes look back to his wisdom and his, his knowledge for what how to live out our faith, yet he didn't have it all together. He wasn't perfect. He tells us in another passage, sometimes I know that I'm not supposed to sin, but I go ahead and do it anyway. And the things that I know that are good, I don't do those. And in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, he tells us that. He says, I have not already obtained all of this. I have not arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining to what is ahead, I press onward towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So what he tells us, yeah, we get it wrong. Yeah, we're not perfect. Yeah, but what we should do is we should strive to get there. We should strive to be better. Not to be perfect, but to be better. To be more like Jesus. To get to know Him. To walk with Him. To learn from Him. To be different than the world that is around us. But it takes effort. It takes time. And just because we get it wrong doesn't mean that God is not with us or we're not walking with Jesus. All we have to do is look at the Bible. It's filled with imperfect people who want to walk with Jesus. The apostles are the perfect picture. They always did things or said things or believed things that are not what Jesus asked them to do. Yet they continued to walk forward and say, I am going to walk with Jesus until I get it right. Until people see Jesus in me. And that's exactly what happened to Peter and John in Acts chapter 4. And we see this in verse 13. They healed a man and they were brought before the religious leaders because they were like, "Who, who is it that you're preaching? What are you doing? We thought we squashed this Jesus thing by putting him on a cross. And yet, they talked to Peter and John and they were just tradesmen. They were fishermen. And yet, for some reason, something was different. Something was holy about them. And it says that they recognized that these men had been with Jesus. To be holy is to walk with Jesus on this journey of life. We might not get it right all of the time. But if we walk, and press forward step by step, day by day, we will get one day to that goal. Maybe not in this lifetime. Maybe not in this lifetime. But like Paul said, I forget what is behind. I know I've made mistakes, but if I hold on to that, that is going to hinder me from moving forward. So I will press forward towards the goal. I will press forward towards the goal. And so that moves us to the next part. Holiness is the start to be separate, to be different. But now, how do we live that out in worship? So worship can be considered a lot of things. When we come to church, or we come together and gather together, we sing songs. We love to sing. Music is great. I am a musician myself, so I love music. I always notice music before anything else. When I'm watching a movie, at times I will lose track of the story because I'm paying attention to what is what the music in the background. I don't know if our worship team, any of our musicians, could tell if y'all do the same thing. I tend to like listen. If I'm playing a game, I listen to the background music. If I'm somewhere, I will notice if the music is too loud or, or or if I like this song. And music gets stuck easily in my head you know, like trendy songs or things like that, they just get in my head and sometimes I can't get them out. Music is a way that we worship God. And in fact, it's a good way. The Bible is full of examples of that. Worship God with instruments. Worship God with singing. God loves music. In fact, the Bible tells us that God sings over us. Can you get that image? Like think about that image that God loves you so much that he sings over you. That He rejoices in you. The Bible says He sings and dances over us. That He celebrates who we are. And yet He asks us to do the same for Him. Worship. To worship. But worship isn't just music. It's more than that. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So I know that can seem kind of weird. You know, we don't think about sacrifice in terms of that. We think about sacrifice in terms of giving up your life. And that's exactly what it's asking us. But in a different manner, I love the way the message puts this verse. And I'm not going to have this one on the screen, but follow me. The message says this way, the message version of the Bible. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. So worship, in essence, the Apostle Paul is telling us, worship is not simply singing a song. It's not simply coming to church. It's not simply knowing the right words or knowing the right things to say. It's not, it's not that. We, cause we can talk big language and big fancy holy singing sounding words, you know, speaking, uh, speaking the right things. I do that sometimes. Sometimes when I'm really stressed, you, my wife will tell you, uh, I will suddenly start calling out all the names of God. and we can, uh, It sounds intelligent, sounds fancy. So, uh, like, uh, God, I, I can't even think of it at the moment, but God Almighty, uh, 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 El Shaddai, I, I'll start saying all the names that I can, trying to get God's attention trying to say if I can see the right combination of words, then maybe God will step into my situation. But it's not about that. Because we can chant all the right words, say all the right words, do all the right movements, and lift our hands up, clap at the right beat. If you don't, you irritate me. No, I'm kidding. God loves you. God still loves you. (laughs) We can do all of that. But that's not just worship. It's Where we go, it's work, it's school, it's life, it's eating, it's sleeping, it's going out. It it is what what we do. How we live our lives is our worship. So living in truth is living in worship. Jesus even spoke about it himself. He says, one day... One day, people will worship in spirit and in truth. They will do the things. They will do the right things. They will do the deep, holy things of meditating on the word, of being in the presence of God. But they will also live it out in their lives as they walk, as they talk. It won't just be a place, a building, a temple that people go to anymore. Living in truth is going out and living your life. Living out the life that has been given to you. It is our work. It is our fun. It is relationships. It is how we treat people. Worship is who we are. It's more than just a song. Because we can get into the habit of making worship a set time, a set place on Sunday morning, and that's it. And so we, as we go through our lives, we forget that there's more to it. Church is just for Sunday. Church is just for Wednesday. Church is just for e-groups. That, that's church. But we have to get out of that mentality and remember that we are the church. So our worship isn't just a building, it's where we go. It's how we live. It's where we're at. In fact, sometimes we get caught up in the way the Bible in the way we are we read the Bible and it says the church. And it says the church, and we see that and we think in our mentality and we, we say it over and over again, so it's just a building. But the word that they use in the Greek there is this word that means ecclesiasta, which means to assemble, which was means it wasn't talking about a building. It says wherever the people are, that's where worship happens. Wherever my people are, that's where my presence is. So our truth is how we live our life. Because we cannot get caught up in making it about a place. It's where we walk. It's where we talk. It's who we talk to. And I'm not, I don't mean talking to sinners or things like that. I mean anybody. How you live your life. How you talk to people. This, this is our worship. Our ordinary, everyday, sometimes boring lives. It is our worship to God. Living it out the best we can. Living out the, the creativeness and the gifts and the image that He put into us. Living out the image that He created us in, him, in Himself. Living all of that out. Is our worship to God. It's not simply a song. It's not a place. We can never forget that. But then it goes more. It moves further. It's not just about how holy we are, how set apart, how different we are. It's not just how we worship and lift up God, but it is also how we treat people. Living truth Living out truth is how we treat those that are around us, our neighbors, our brothers, our sisters. The Apostle John has a lot to say about this in his letters. They often call him the Apostle of love because he talks a lot about love. He talks about how important it was to him. In fact, in his gospel, he calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. It was a little bit... I I don't know what he meant by that. He's like, oh, Jesus loves me more than the rest of (laughs) y'all. He was a little conceited. I don't know. (laughs) But I think, I think it was he, he understood how important love was. I think it's because he understood how important it was that God loved him. And he needed to make it part of his identity like we've just been talking about. We talked about making something part of our identity. And and John said, yeah, love is now part of my identity. So I'm not just a disciple. I'm not just an apostle. I'm the disciple who Jesus loved. And so that became so important to him that even in the letters that he wrote later in the New Testament, that was a core idea that he taught. Love and how to love people. And how important it was to love people. 1 John chapter 3 verses 16 to 21 says this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need. And has no pity on them. How? Can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts At rest in his presence. If our heart condemns us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. So, John here is talking about love and how important it is to love God. And throughout this letter and the next couple of letters he writes, he writes about this same idea. How can you say that you love God yet have no compassion? How can you say that you love God yet speak that you hate another person? How can you say that you love God and do nothing about it? To John, love wasn't simply words because we can say we love anything, you know? Love is a word that is very common in our days. I love the TV show. I love the sports team. I love pizza. I love tacos. I love fajitas. I love this. I love that. I love... Insert whatever you want to there. We throw it around really easily. But our actions demonstrate how true that is. Because we can say we love something... We can say we love someone more specifically, and yet our action, actions can prove otherwise. Our actions will betray us. And this is what he says. He says, our hearts, do they condemn us? Or do they justify us? Are, are they proving us right or are they proving us wrong? Our heart knows. Because our hearts can say the words, but it knows if it doesn't act it out that it's not a true thing. How can you love, say you love God and then hate someone? How can you say you love God and see someone in need and not do something? How can you say you love God and not live out that truth? To be holy is to love. To worship, is to love. To, to, to follow Jesus is to live out that example. He said the two most important commandments are these, to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. The whole of the law, he said, rest on these two commandments. Rest on these two things to love God, to love your neighbor, to love yourself, to understand who you are, who God is, and how important it is that others are worthy of that same love. He says if love is in us, then we can have confidence before God. Then we can know for certain that we are walking out truth. Yeah, we're not perfect. We're going to get it wrong sometimes. There are some people that are very hard to love. You know them. You see them. You avoid them. <laughs> the Karens of this world, don't get offended. <laughs> the people that you want to avoid, the people that you want to stay out of their way, The pe- you know how hard it is to love people, so we won't always get it right. We won't always get it right, but God calls us to pay attention to those that are in need. He says, is there someone in need? What can you do for them? Maybe you don't have money, but what can you do for them? Is there someone who is hurting and is broken and is suffering? Can you sit with them, cry with them, mourn with them, grieve with them? Can you listen? Can you be there? Can you walk it out with them? Can you pick them up when they fall? To love someone isn't just just this word that we can throw out there and say, because I can say to everybody here, I love you. But do my actions prove it? I hope so. (laughs) I hope you feel loved, (laughs) because that's what we're called to do. That's how we are called to live out our lives. To love others. To walk with Jesus. Because if you will look at the life of Jesus, and if you read the Gospels, that is the number one thing that, G- that marks Jesus' life. Love. Love for those who followed Him, who walked with Him. Love for those who were ostracized by society the ones that no one wanted to be with. He ate, the Bible tells us, he was called out often for eating with sinners and with prostitutes and with tax collectors. That's what he was called out for because he loved them. He often reprimanded religious leaders, people that were his enemies. And he didn't do that out of hatred. This is something I learned recently. One of the reasons why Jesus often called out the Pharisees is because the the way he lived his life meant that he probably was considered a Pharisee in his own day. And Pharisees could correct fellow Pharisees. And they didn't do it because they hated them. They did it because they said, hey, you need to get it right. You need to love God. You need to follow the law properly. Don't ignore the things that are more important. You can tithe all you want, but if you don't love, you're missing something. And so he's telling them out of love. When Jesus was on the cross, being tied up, nailed down to the cross, being lifted up, he prayed for them and he said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing the ones who were killing him, the ones who were hating him, the ones who were pushing him out. He, his life was marked by love, and that is what made him different. In fact, that is what he said. He said, you want to be different? You want the world to know that you are different from the rest of the world? Do you want to walk in truth? They will know you by how you love your neighbor, how you love each other. That is what will mark a life of truth, a life that is holy, a life that is full of love. This is what it means to look for truth. Sometimes we don't know where we can find it. And I'm going to close here in a a moment. Sometimes we don't know where we can find love, find truth. But Jesus tells us, if you look at me, you'll find it. Because it's more than you think it is. It's not just this list of rules and regulations and things that will make you a better person. But no, if you follow the two things, maybe you can't get it all right, but if you follow the two things, by that, if you love God with who you are, everything that you are, and you love your neighbor as yourself, you're going to fulfill the rest of the law. You might not get it all right, but that's where it is. That's where it's at. That's how we live in truth. To live in love, to live in truth, to be holy, so that our hearts will be confident when we come to Jesus. Is that, That's how we do it. We, we mirror him. We mirror Jesus. We walk with him. We talk with him. We get to know him. And on this journey, we will love a little bit better. Love a little stronger and know him deeper. Would you stand with me this afternoon? I could have sit here and given you. you know, I thought about different things as I was preparing this message. You know, oh, avoid evil. Avoid this, avoid that. I could have given you a list. I could have given a list of things of what not to do, what to do. God gave a list called the Ten Commandments. But if you pay attention to them, and this is why I love what Jesus said. He said, love God and love people. And this is where you'll follow all of the law. Because if we look at the Ten Commandments, you can find them in the book of Exodus. The first four are about loving God. No other gods before me. Don't have any other gods before me. Don't take my name in vain. Take a day and make it holy. Keep it for me. Don't make any idols. Don't don't make something to be me. That's not me. Love me. And the rest... It's about loving people. Don't lie to them. Don't commit adultery. Don't kill anyone. That's a pretty big one when it comes to loving people. Don't kill anyone. Don't covet. Don't, don't, Don't want what they got. Don't steal. The rest of the commandments, the first four are about loving God. The rest of the six are about loving people. So if we get that right, if we love God and we love people, we will walk in truth. We will walk in the laws that God has given us because that's what he has asked us to do. We want to make it complicated. We want to write, what is right and wrong? What is right and wrong? If you walk with Jesus, you'll learn. You'll learn what it means to truly love, to truly live in truth and follow the God who loves us so deeply. So I want to pray this morning. I want you to know that you are loved. It's not simply that we love, but John wrote right there, John 1 John chapter 3. He says, this is how we know what love is. Before we live it out, this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ died for us. That He gave Himself up for us. He gave us who He was. He gave us His love. He gave us His righteousness, His holiness. He gave us all that He was. Because He wasn't just simply a man. He was God. This wasn't just someone that was good. This was God who said, I am giving all that I am to you because of my love because of who i am and so today if you want to know that love it just starts with a simple journey and if you don't know where to start you can pray with me today and i will pray with you just a simple prayer every head bowed and eyes closed in this moment just give you a moment of reverence if you want to make that decision just pray this with me jesus I want to know your love. Here I am. Here I am. Father, if anyone prayed this today, I pray that they would come to experience who you are, to know how great your love is for them, to know that if they will decide to follow you in this moment, they are new creations. That they can walk forward with a second chance at life with hope. Knowing that they are not alone. And we surround them in love and in prayer in this moment, God. That they would come to know you and walk with us on this journey. In Jesus' name. Maybe it's hard for you to love people. Maybe it's a little more difficult for you and you want to know how to do that better. That's what we're going to pray for next. And if there's anything else you need prayer for, you are welcome in this space. Or if you need prayer, simply just raise up your hand and we will go out and pray for you. But let's pray that God would help us to love better, to walk in truth. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're sorry. We're sorry if we've done the wrong thing. We're sorry we've made it the wrong thing. That following you isn't just this list of to do's and to don'ts but it is about loving people and loving you so help us to do that better today help us to put everything else aside to make the gospel as simple as it is that you love us and ask us to do the same and to love those that you love too so help us Help us to love better. Help us to love those difficult people in our lives. Help us to love the enemies that that stand against us. Help us to love the people that are hard to love, that we might not like so much. Help us to love better, God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, to speak to us today. Guide us and lead us in that. If you need you again, give love. the worship team you are into his presence let you us bring light to We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us you can email us at amen at dot com. and if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com/give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.